The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Before the feast of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to pass from this world to the Father. He loved his own in the world, and he loved them to the end. The devil had already induced Judas, Simon, son of Simon the Iscariot, to hand him over. So during its supper, fully aware that the Father had put everything into his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God, he rose from supper and took off his outer garments. He took a towel and tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and dry them with the towel around his waist. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Master, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will understand later. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you will have no inheritance with me. Simon Peter said to him, Master, then not only my feet, but my hands and head as well. Jesus said to him, Whoever has bathed has no need except to have his feet washed, for he is clean all over. So you are clean, but not all. For he knew who would betray him. And for this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. So when he had washed their feet and put his garments back on and reclined at table again, he said to them, Do you realize what I have done for you? You call me teacher and master, and rightly so, for indeed I am. If I, therefore, the master and the teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you a model to follow, so that I has done for you, you should do also. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. There's always been an inherent danger in this celebration of these great feasts, which is to make it more holy than human. And here's what I mean by that. That it's so very easy for us to believe that Jesus, as the Son of God, was following a kind of divine script, which consequently puts distance between Jesus and us. Jesus becomes more of an example or a model held up on a kind of pedestal rather than a life to be shared and experienced. But the entire point of this liturgy, this evening, tomorrow, and Saturday or Sunday, is that we are not called simply to emulate it, we are called to participate in it. I've long thought that many of us would do well from a kind of spiritual amnesia. It would serve us well to forget about all the things that we've learned so that we can encounter anew what we experience here tonight. 
Because I think for too long, we've allowed our understanding of the spiritual life to be shaped by these rather dualistic notions that conclude somehow the body is less holy and that what we do in this life only matters in preparation for the next. But that is inconsistent with everything that Jesus said and did. The kingdom of heaven is here. It is simply up to us to recognize that. And when we fully embrace our authentic humanity, we fully live out our holiness. When we fully embrace our authentic humanity, we fully live out our holiness. And the way we do that is what these next few days are all about. This is the instruction manual. This is the path. At its most basic level, what we learn from tonight is that the love of God and love of neighbor are not two commands so much as they are one. One leads to the other. And what we are confronted with is the consequence of decisions made in fear and scarcity rather than love and the abundance of God. Our service to our neighbor challenges us to think horizontally, seeing our brothers and sisters as important as we see ourselves. And that horizontal thinking creates a vertical thinking, bringing us closer to God. And when this occurs, then we find ourselves on the cross. We'll discuss that more tomorrow. What the incarnation in Jesus, and now the Eucharist, teaches us is that how we are to live is fully human, integrated lives. You know, I've never met anybody who truly becomes more aware of his or her body without also becoming more compassionate. It seems to teach us that. And when we allow our mind and soul to be separated from our body, then we become more self-destructive or even just more destructive, period. Is it any wonder that Christianity has, has allowed for so many years, so many wars, so much hate, despite the fundamental teachings of Jesus that tell us to do otherwise? To be like God, is to be more inclusive. To be more like Jesus is to be more integrated. To be who we are called to be is to bring together our two great commands to love. But I can't help but wonder why these lessons are so difficult for us to learn, especially the latter one. And I imagine, as I've thought about this, that there are probably lots of answers any one of my confreres would probably give you different theories. There are lots of reasons, actually, that we could talk about all night long. But at the moment, I think that it's connected to the scarcity mentalities that seem to win the day. That is to say that it's really hard for us to comprehend the abundance of God it's really hard for us to comprehend that there is no limit to God's grace. Because everything in our lives here and now is finite. 
which results in this kind of necessary competition so that what is deserving gets rewarded and what is not gets punished. The belief that everything has limits creates a fear that there will not be enough to win the day. And so we create priorities, pecking orders. We make decisions about who and what. But God makes no such choices because there is no limit. And I want to say this all again because I, I believe that at the heart of so many of the issues that we work against today or that work against us living this authentic humanity, issues like individualism and compartmentalization and sexuality and trust or the lack thereof, they all come down to this. There's no limit to God's grace for ourselves or each other. And if we are to live as God, then we are able to live as conduits of God's grace without worrying if it'll be enough. We are called to be conduits of grace. And I think it's hard for us to comprehend just what that means. But I want us to take a minute to try. What if our humanity is full of holiness? What if our world is bursting with heaven? What if our neighbor is the outpouring of God? How would we live then? How would we treat them then? How would that change the decisions we make? Now we're thinking a little bit more like Jesus. The fullness of divinity and humanity. Now we're ready to see the cross for what it is. The abundance and love of God. That is the conversation that we'll have tomorrow. Tonight, we acknowledge the gifts we are to one another, the service that we are called to recognize because in fact, we are the outpouring of God for each other, if we can only recognize each other as such.